Welcome back to the second hour of Leading Edge Medicine. Leading Edge Medicine provides only general medical information. Since everyone's individual situation is unique, you should consult your own physician before taking any action related to your personal health. All content of this program is intended for general informational purposes only. Good morning and welcome to Leading Edge Medicine with Dr. Jerry Mixon and Dr. Samira Umet. Leading Edge Medicine is sponsored by Longevity Medical Clinics and is devoted to helping you feel and function better tomorrow than you do today by providing the newest and most advanced medical care designed to improve both your body and your brain. Leading Edge Medicine will keep you informed regarding the very latest developments in science and medicine while highlighting some of the Northwest's most prominent physicians, all while helping you separate the science from the silly and the facts from the fiction. This is live call-in radio at its very best, giving you the opportunity to participate in the show. And now, here are your hosts for Leading Edge Medicine, Dr. Jerry Mixon and Dr. Samira Umat, along with their co-host, Lynette Morgan. And we are back with more of Leading Edge Medicine. And uh, we are blessed with a whole studio full of doctors now. Right. We've had two more show up. Yeah. Uh, and these are all doctors that are on my team, too. Yeah. Sounded like you needed reinforcements. Well, good. Good. <laughs> After you, Matt, over there. there. The help oh. I can get Is that a backhanded compliment, if I ever heard one? No. I'm not sure Dr. it was a compliment Dr. Dan Nelson. <laughs> Dr. Dan Nelson's over there. Jerry and I have worked together for a very long time. Yes, we he have. And I are a great team, and I have been absent for a while now, and I decided to say hello today and help him get away on vacation. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Excellent. Right. Excellent. Excellent. Well, why don't we and all... I thought all of the testosterone here needed a little bit of estrogen to it. <laughs> Balance it out a little bit. All right. Yeah. So the lines are open for your calls, so now we have a room full of doctors to take on those questions. So Dr. Dan Nelson is here, and he can talk about chronic pain issues that have been bothering by you or someone in your family for years, and Dr. Umat and Dr. Mixon can continue on with answering any medical question that you have, and uh, I'm just going to sit here and kind of make sure they don't talk over each other the whole time. So. <laughs> and uh, we're going to take... We've never a... done that, have we? Oh, no, 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 no. We're going to... Well, I remember... I remember when you started doing this show, Dr. Umat, and you sat there very quietly most of the time. Still happy to do that, Jerry. Well, I'm sure you are, but you don't anymore, and that's great because, uh, yes. you know, you're, on, you're, you're one of the smart doctors in the room now, and, and uh, you've earned a place to speak up any time you feel like it. So. You know, it took me a while, though, to convince her yeah. that she was... It, she it was okay to speak up and to show everybody how smart she is. You know, she has always been this very elegant, very beautiful, but somewhat reticent Hindu wife. Yeah, you know, and and she defers to authority, and I've had to convince her that she is the authority. <laughs> yeah, she needs to just get up and say it. Yeah. Well, so. thank you, Jerry. You've been a great mentor to me. I've told you that many, many times, and you've taught me a lot. So I'm always appreciative of what I've learned from you. Yep. Thank you, my dear. I think we should get CME credits every time we there come in. Go. Continuing medical <laughs> education credits. There you just go. Just for listening to Dr. Mix. I've got a degree. <laughs> 
<laughs> you got, oh, my goodness. Yeah, you've got a degree. <laughs> i got 15, uh, 15, 18 years with yours added on to it, probably almost 20 years of medical radio. So, Hey, wait, don't forget Beautiful You. You do Beautiful I You. Do, I do that, too. Yeah. I mostly listen there, though. That's right. So, but, yeah, and we don't want to forget about that program. It uh, makes people beautiful. That's right. And uh, and then we make sure they can get back and forth to the Make People Beautiful location with longevity. <laughs> anyway, let's take a call. We promised John he'd be up next. Lines are open after John. We You can add us to the mix uh, simply by calling 1-800-465-8770. So let's jump down to Auburn right now. And John's waiting for us there. Good morning, John. How can we help you? Good morning, John. Good morning, you all. Well, I like to talk about water. For many years, uh, um, it was common knowledge that the United States had the uh, safest water supply uh, of any country. Well, mm-hmm. it's all wrong. And, uh, you know, for many years, lead piping was very convenient for uh, utilities to put in place because it's yep. corrosion resistant and all that. And frankly, you don't even know what's out there in your street. You may know it's in your house in the form of PEX or copper pipe or what. Uh, there's an organization called Environmental Working Group, uh, EWG.org, and they uh-huh. collect all the databases that for water, tap water databases. For the United States, every year a utility has to report what's in their water. And one of the things I, uh, my friend lives in Federal Way, and I looked up what they uh, said about uh, what was in the Federal Way water. And there's a difference in standards. There's the old 20-year EPA standard, and then mm-hmm. there's what Environmental Working Group uh, considers a better standard. And uh, the old EPA ones haven't been updated for 20 years or something like that. And what they found was that, like in Federal Way, there are hundreds of times more arsenic in the water than they would recommend. Now, I would assume this is for a long-term uh, effect. You know, it would take a long term for this little bit of extra arsenic in the water to have an effect on you. But they also list, they also cover a bunch of other chemicals that they consider um, uh, that are too uh, too plentiful in the water supply, more than okay. what they would recommend. And then there's also the fact that evidently, when you buy bottled water, there's there's kind of a continual, there's a release of very small plastic particles in it. Yep. Now, I don't know how true that is, but bottled well, water may not. Of, so, yeah, what's your you solution, John? What's your question? What's the um, question? Yeah, and the solution. Yeah, what's your question? Because I, I well, I've got, I've got a lot of comments on what you said so far. <laughs> so as soon as you're done, I'm, I'm going to chime in. <laughs> All right. Well, I, you know, earlier, earlier. <clears throat> go ahead. You install. I R O water. Okay. Okay. Let me. I'll stand by. I'll listen now. All right. All right. Okay. The um, earlier in the show. I was pointing out that arsenic is at very high levels in the Puget Sound area. We are one of the highest levels in the country for arsenic. Um, so, yes, uh, our groundwater is extremely rich in arsenic. 
Uh, now, if if your water supply is coming from the reservoirs, on the other hand, it's somewhat lower arsenic. Lower, not non-existent. And so it depends on whether you got a well providing your community's water or whether you got runoff from the mountains. Snow that falls in the mountains runs down the rivers. It picks up all kinds of organic material from bear poop to dead animals, etc. So that that's a downside. So they have to really hit that heavily with chlorine. The water coming from the ground level has already been filtered through several hundred feet of earth. So it it at least gets out a lot of that stuff. But you pick up a lot more of the arsenic. And so it's a trade-off. The problem with the reservoir water is because it needs heavier treatment with chlorination. And the chlorination sterilization byproducts, uh, the chlorine rips those those organic molecules into shreds, makes them so they're not infectious, so they don't give you diseases, but it turns out the chlorination disinfection byproducts are carcinogenic. They actually raise the risk of cancer a little bit. Uh, and so anything strong enough to help is strong enough to hurt. We're back to Dr. Mixon's first rule of medicine and life. All right. Now, as a public health standpoint, obviously, If we use chlorine in our water, we are going to raise the level of cancer a little bit. On the other hand, if we didn't dechlorinate the water, we would have waterborne disease killing hundreds of thousands or millions of people in America periodically. So, you know, if you're a public health official, you would rather chlorinate and let a few extra people die of cancer than let a large number of people die of waterborne infections. So I'm in favor of the chlorination. On the other hand, I would rather drink distilled water. And you can get a distiller. In fact, there was a time we used to carry them on our website. Yep. And I have one in my home. I do too. And we basically, you know, heat that water and then condense it and get sterilized and... and, we take out all of the arsenic, we take out all of the heavy metals, and we also vaporize those chlorination products. They go off into the air, so we don't drink them. Um, so there is a way around it. Uh, you know, there's There are ways to get cleaner drinking water. Uh, I don't have a system for my whole house because, quite frankly, I don't worry much about the water that I use to water my plants and wash my car. But it's the water that I drink. I want that to be as clean and wholesome as possible. Uh, the other thing you brought up with the lead pipes. And yes, lead pipes, especially on the East Coast, in the older areas where, where these water supplies were put in in the 1800s, those were all lead pipes. And those areas of the country are in the process now of trying to dig them all up and replace them with newer piping systems. But even there, once they've been in service for a few months, there's a coating that forms, an oxidation coating on the inside of the lead pipe. And so they don't really pick up much lead anymore unless you change your water supply like happened in Michigan. Mm. 
and there they decided to save money by by diverting river water into their water supply and the river water had a different degree of alkalinity and it actually took all the coating off the inside of the lead pipes and caused massive amounts of lead poisoning Mm. to the people in those communities Uh, and there are massive multi-billion dollar lawsuits going on right now against the the water departments in those cities because they could have prevented that. Yes, it, I know it was cheaper to use the river water, but they could have basically shut it down for a week. There were some chemicals they could have run through that would have prevented the, the removal of the oxidation products, but they didn't. Um, so, yes, old lead pipes are a problem in a large part of the country. I don't know about over here in Kirkland where we live. I think ours are newer than that, but I don't really yeah. know. Hey, John, thanks for bringing it. It's an important topic up for us this morning. Uh, and uh, you have a happy holidays. And Merry Christmas to you. Let's uh, grab another call. No, let's not do that. Let's go to a break just a little bit early. And then we're going to talk about you. Yeah. Because Jerry Berg has got a health problem, and he wants to talk to you guys about how you can minimize your risk of getting the same serious problem he's got. Yep. I'm looking forward to sharing that. So into a break we go. We're going to come back. And David, stay right where you are because we're going to pick you up on the other side of this break, too, after we talk about the other Jerry in the room. Okay. We'll be right back with more of Leading Edge Medicine. Leading Edge Medicine. Leading Edge Medicine. For the first time in history, you can choose how to age. Call with your question at 1-800-465-8770. That's 800-465-8770. If you have chronic pain and are considering stem cell therapy, consider the only doctor with over 30 years of experience with pain medicine techniques, including stem cell therapy. And that's Dr. Daniel Nelson, MD, with Eastside Pain and Regenerative Medicine. Here's what a satisfied patient had to say. I would say Dr. Nelson is a great guy. He's very personable, makes you feel very comfortable, as does the staff. Everything went well. I had the stem cell injections, and within a month, I really had a change in my knee. It was uh, unbelievable to me, honestly. I thought there'd be more pain involved with the procedure, and there was hardly any. Uh, It was amazing, and I've told a lot of people about it. After having it for two years now, it worked tremendously. Glad I did it. You should consider stem cell therapy, but call a medical doctor with experience. Dr. Daniel Nelson, MD, 425-823-4000. That's 425-823-4000 or DanielNelsonMD.com. I have been going to longevity medical for a year now, and I felt better than I've ever felt in my whole entire life. So I want to thank you, first of all. My wife now, she's been going to longevity for about a month because I started liking her so good, I talked her into doing it too. Now we're both just buzzing right along here, and uh, I can see her getting better every day. You tell me that you love me and you tell me that you want me and you even wear my graduation ring. So they don't have a graduation ring. I, no, well, All right. <laughs> yeah, we had pins. 
Yeah. You know, I, I didn't even show up for my graduation. You didn't? No, no, I didn't. I, I have never walked to pick up a diploma. Really? From any of my schooling. We'll have to get you a walker. I guess so. Yeah. No, for high school for high school I was I was already on the army base in basic training. Oh yeah. Because uh, I had joined up and as soon as I finished my coursework I went off to the military and they had the graduation after I was, you know, running down the road carrying a rifle. Uh, and then for my bachelor's degree Nope, didn't show up for that graduation either. I just said, mail it to me. I've never been much for ceremonies. Yeah. And for, and not even for medical school. Um, I went as soon as I got my, my, my points and I graduated, I was off doing other things. I was busy with the next phase. Mail me the certificate. <laughs> okay, I think we're going to have to have a special ceremony for Dr. Mixon. We'll play Pomp and Circumstance and we'll give him all his diplomas at once and get, because obviously he's yeah. been remiss. And, well, you know, that's been, right. Yeah. He's a contrarian anyway, so we know this already. But I'm, no, I just had other things to do. I, but, you know, it seemed like a waste of time. What well, is a waste I, of time, I, but that's the whole point, Dr. Mixon. <laughs> It's, we all waste time together. It's called community. I know. I know. You know, and 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 at times I've I've said, you know, I probably should have done that. Yeah. But at the time, there was always something else. I wanted to get onto another project. I wanted to go, 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 go. And I never took the time to actually. You know, there is medication for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of my grandsons had to. He had to go straight from the graduation ceremony with his diploma in hand and his robe still on to the Marine recruiting office <laughs> because they they weren't believing he was going to get a diploma. <laughs> and and he's in the Marine Corps, and now he's uh, on the uh, MXX-1, MX-1 uh, Marine Corps detail that takes care of the White House with uh-huh. offspring aircraft. So he wasn't too stupid. He just was focused on other things. <laughs> I, understand. I understand. Yeah. My major subjects in high school were girls and surfing with a scattering of skiing thrown in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have something okay. that... I heard about the biochemistry book you gave away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that I memorized in college. <laughs> so let's get on with this before I lose my courage. All right. Okay. Jerry, tell us about your problem. So I have a, I have a history of talking about things on the radio uh, and on medical programs mm-hmm. um, that affected me, either personally or you know my things that happened to myself or to family members. Sure. And uh, I always felt there's an obligation with this platform that when you had something to add to someone's that could help somebody along the way, that you do it. Mm-hmm. So. Full disclosure, um, I was uh, diagnosed with esophageal cancer in May, and um, I, you know, I'm reluctant to go digging around and find out, you know, what the actual prognosis for it is, because I really didn't want to know. I just want to know what's the treatment. Let's get started. Let's get this thing, kill it, and th- that's where I've been the, the whole time. Well, um, I've been through chemotherapy now since May. Um, they had to change it uh, because the uh, it wasn't working, and I got on some stuff that uh, was working. 
but it was a little bit too strong. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, for those of you that don't know much about chemotherapy, the job is is to kill cancer without killing the patient. Yep. And uh, it's a, there's a fine line in there. So I want to go back to how I got this cancer, esophageal cancer. Uh, can be and mine was caused by acid reflux and so if you have acid reflux a lot of people do most everybody gets it at some point and you've had too much to eat or drink and that's that's superficial and goes away but if it's persistent you need to see a doctor because what happened to me was is that i ended up with silent reflux mm-hmm. and i didn't feel acid indigestion anymore so I didn't take any medication for it, um, and I thought everything was, you know, fine until I started feeling kind of weird. And so I got an appointment uh, and started the process of looking for the cancer. Uh, we didn't know we were looking for cancer. We were looking for a solution to what was going on with me and uh, found the cancer and started the treatments. So the reason I'm sharing that is because if you or a loved one are, uh, have acid reflux, see a medical doctor and get treatment, at least get some supervision so that they're watching you. So what's happened to me doesn't happen to you because the prognosis is not good. No. And go ahead. Well, um, now I have all these doctors in the room, and you guys can comment okay. all you like. Well, let's talk a little bit about esophageal cancer to start yeah. with and, yeah. and GI reflux. Did I do okay? You did good. Okay. You did good. So, this is a nasty cancer, yeah. and it has a very high fatality rate, and yeah. Jerry knows that. Yeah. Uh, but he is determined to do everything he can to recover, and, you know, he's one of the more cheerful uh, cancer patients I know. Uh, he talks about his chemotherapy. Yes, uh, it, it suppressed his bone marrow a bit. So we've had to kind of back off on that. Um, but they'll change it here in a couple of weeks. Can just give him a little time to recover. But here's the problem. <clears throat> esophageal cancer is caused by chronic irritation of the esophagus. The esophagus is that tube that carries the food from your mouth down through your chest, and then it has to go through the diaphragm to carry the food into the stomach. Um, And there's a valve there. The gastroesophageal valve is supposed to let things go one way from up to down into the stomach and stay there. But sometimes that valve is weak and a bit defective. And then you can reflux acid and digestive juices up into the esophagus. And I've had a problem since I was a little kid. Yes. And some people are just born with that valve being a little looser than it really should be. And you're probably one of those folk. Yep. But here's the other problem, and it's a big one here in America, is that you don't just put fat on your belly, you put fat in your belly. And every pound of fat you got on your belly, you got close to another pound of fat inside your belly. And that intra-abdominal fat increases the pressure because there's there's only so much room in there. Yeah. You know, your back is rigid. You've got all those muscles around the spine and stuff, and so nothing can, can distend that way. The sides won't give much. You only can push out so far forward, and that because the, you've got the rectus muscles there, and you're having to push against those muscles. And so as you increase the pressure inside the abdomen, you increase the pressure 
to reflux things back up out of the stomach, back into the esophagus. And we are the fattest country on earth, and so we get a vast amount of gastroesophageal reflux. And I did not pay much attention to it, but I had a weight gain of about 12 pounds, and my acid indigestion, instead of getting worse, stopped. Yeah. (laughs) And all of a sudden it dawned on me about a year ago that there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I didn't know what, but there was something wrong. And um, well, see, that's part of the other I problem is that as we age, we make less and less acid in our stomach. Yeah. And as that acidity declines, the pain with reflux declines because you don't have the acid burning the esophagus anymore. Yep. But you're still refluxing digestive juices back up into the esophagus. That are making a tumor. That's right. Yeah. And they continue damaging that epithelium, that lining of the esophagus, and, and can trigger the mutations that are the cancers. Yeah. Okay. And so just because you don't feel the reflux doesn't mean it's not there, especially as you get older and you have less and less acid in your stomach. Yeah. Okay. So... <clears throat> That's a, that's a big problem. And people who take the antacids, they take uh, the, the, the drugs to turn off stomach acid. Yeah. They turn off the acid. They don't necessarily turn off the reflux. Yeah. You don't have the pain because you're on the, on the Pepsid or the whichever drug you're taking, but you're still refluxing. Thank you for broadening out on that, too. And yeah. that reflux yeah. is what triggers the cancer, yeah. not the pain. So. so turning off the pain doesn't solve the problem. So if you have reflux, step one, get lean. Yeah. Lose that extra fat, and that will decrease the pressure in your belly and decrease your risk of reflux. Two, go get evaluated and have somebody do an upper GI study, they put a scope down and they can actually yep. measure the pH and they can look for that valve and see what kind of shape your valve is in. Yep. And it's, it's just like an endoscope that you, uh, uh, for colonoscopy, except they clean it off. Yeah, and it, it's shorter yeah. and yeah. it comes down through your mouth <laughs> instead of up your rear end. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. and, and I'm sitting here in a room with three doctors. I have a great team at Seattle, Fred Hutchinson. And then I have a backup crew sitting right here in the room with me. And every one of these people has either contributed to my well-being with medical advice or just great support or a combination of both. And uh, I will have to say I'm really blessed with Dr. Mixon, um, the kind of a person he is, the knowledge that he has. And when I get a test result... I get a copy of it, and I bring it straight to Jerry. <laughs> and he gives me the truth mm-hmm. and, and, and possible solutions and where I'm heading. And uh, I feed off of that positive input because I'm basically a positive guy. Mm-hmm. I was born with that, mm-hmm. and it was a real blessing. 
But I've got to tell you, when you're going through something like that, it, it really helps to have more people jumping in with more positive reinforcement uh, so you don't go down the bad road. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, wanted to share that with our audience. Yes. Uh, and I, I pray that I've helped somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, in some way, or a loved one that is uh, experiencing some things. And I think Dr. Mixon has been telling me for 10 years to lose weight. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's hard to do. Yes, and I'm, a, I'm an ex hockey player, and if he said, Yeah, you got to skate more, fine, but I'm too old for that. And so I don't like to exercise, and um, I paid for it. So. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Losing weight is important for so many things in this country. Yeah. So. So let's let's uh, we might we might go a little long here, Andrea, but don't worry about it. But let's Dave has been waiting a long time and then Bob slipped in here, too, to wait. So, Dave, uh, David, let's talk to you. You're in Tacoma yeah. and welcome to Leading Edge. And Dave, we may just get your question and then take the break and come back and okay. answer it. Okay, that just that You're way really we get good at break. this break thing. You like I know. That, well, I've only done this for how many years? Since 1999. <laughs> go, go ahead, David. <laughs> Thanks for Hello. taking my call. I appreciate it. You You're bet. welcome, sir. Go ahead. So how can we help? I um, have been. I, I've been healthy my whole life. I've um, been a jogger, hiker, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, been pretty, um, pretty healthy, and yeah. so uh, I had a problem with a. Uh, with a, a lingual hernia went in and when they checked me in they said uh well you have you have a problem with your heart here you it looks like you may have afib so they set me up for an ekg went in and had the ekg got the results back uh set me up for a good cardiologist thank goodness mm-hmm. uh went in and saw him and uh he looked at my uh ekg and then told me well here's your alternatives and you can go on you know the eloquist or warfarin or you can do nothing at all there's about a 1.2 percent chance of a possible uh, stroke, stroke from a yeah. from a clot and so i thought well i really don't want to go on any medication and then i got a great call about um 30 minutes after i left and it was my doctor my cardiologist and he said i looked at your uh, former ekg that you took about eight years before that in 2014 and he said, you don't have AFib. And he said, you have what they call Weikenbach, um, Mobitz-1 type of uh, phenomena with your heart. It's mm-hmm. common in people that are athletic. And so it was pretty pleasant. My question is, what can I do to um, not have any further uh, problems or to keep from having clots? Uh, they say in some more severe cases. Uh, you know, you have to possibly put a pacemaker in. But so far, I've had no symptoms, and um, I didn't even know I had it. <laughs> okay. Well, for one thing. And that's a good thing. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. All right. So, Mobitz, you know, there's type 1 and type 2. <laughs> two different uh, types yeah. of a rhythm disturbance with the Mobitz type 1. Uh, and, you know, it's a it's an irregular uh it's a irregular heartbeat caused by what we call a second-degree atrioventricular block. Uh, it blocks at times. It, it, other times, it lets the impulses go through. Um, so, boy. That's a tough one. It's it hard is. to predict it what is. will because, precipitate something like well, that. Well, and you've got two separate problems. You've got the, the AV node and you've got the Purkinje fibers, both of them with, with problems. So... Wow, I 
can't think of medications that's gonna, that that will do this other than something like a uh, Aliquest or one of the other drugs. If it was well, true atrial uh, fibrillation, you could put a left ventricular uh, uh, appendage uh, spacer in there to stop to prevent uh, uh, clots forming up there. But I don't know. I've never heard of doing. Well, that I feel great. A, I mean, I, I don't have a I don't have a problem with uh, with how I feel, and I know that doesn't mean a whole lot. But I'm looking down the road. Um, you know, can I take uh, flax flax meal? Or and I, I eat pretty healthy. And I just wonder any type of supplements that I can take and, um, you know, keep on being active, lose some weight. And, um, you know, as long as I feel good and they keep uh, track of it. That's uh, what I was thinking about surgery. general health and wellness. I don't think exercise yeah. is a contraindication. No. And I think, in fact, maintaining health, as staying active, doing your usual activities all over health and wellness is possibly a, a good thing yeah. for him. Uh, maintaining his LDL cholesterol level as low as, he possibly, as you possibly can with your diet. Um, for heart uh, block, that's a tough one. Other than that, you know, uh, with the... Uh, Exercise, I was thinking he's maintaining good collateral circulation, um, opening up small vessels, preventing any other damage. Yeah. But maybe a baby aspirin? What do you think? I don't know. Okay. Well, let's start with the basics. Okay. In a, in a Mobitz type 1, what's happening to you? There's, there's something called a, on your EKG, there's a P wave that is basically your your atria firing. And the fi- atria fires first, and then there's a space we call it PR interval, and then comes the R, the big complex when the ventricle fires, okay? And what's happening with you is that atrioventricular node that, uh, that allows the impulse to come from the atria down to the ventricle, it gets longer with every heartbeat. And so that PR interval gets longer and longer and longer, and then at some point, it gets so long that the ventricle doesn't fire. <laughs> And so you end up with a with a skipped beat, and that can happen at variable intervals, and that's why they thought that it was a uh, atrial fibrillation. Yeah. Because it, that yeah. irregularity fooled them, and then when he got looking at the at the uh, EKG, he saw that this PR interval getting longer and longer and longer, and then a stop. Um, yeah, as as opposed to the Mobitz two, where the 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 PR interval stays constant, but sometimes it just doesn't conduct. Right. So that's the that's right. the Mobitz two. Generally, as the heart slows down, you you see this more and more with more rapid activity, like exercise. If you're out hiking and climbing or jogging, you probably will not have this nearly as much simply because the faster rate tends to suppress the drop okay. beats. Okay. Yeah. Jerry, the, the Mobitz 1 is a fairly benign condition mm-hmm. overall. It is. I think the Mobitz 2, sometimes they... It depends on how are, often it's dropping. Yeah. Right, and those are the patients that are higher risk for eventually needing a pacer of some sort. That's mm, right. my... No. My understanding. Well, I understand. Definitely outside my area of expertise. None of us are cardi- Yeah, none of us are cardiologists. Uh, Ruben, if you're listening, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> call in, please. <laughs> I just call, put out a, a call for Ruben Maiden 
Dr. Maiden is a, a cardiologist friend of ours <laughs> who sometimes is a guest on the show, and I know he listens to us sometimes. So, Ruben, if you're listening, call in and tell us what is your opinion with this fellow. What should we do besides just keep him strong, fast, lean, smart, and sexy? Uh, you know, well, that would be a, that would be a blessing. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, you know, that is what we do at Longevity Medical Clinic, right? You don't want to have all that going for you and then die, though. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I figure if you're strong, fast, lean, smart, and sexy, and you topple over dead, at least you die happy. So (laughs) that's the way it goes. Well, my my resting heart rate's anywhere from early, um, low 40s to, um, you know, mid 50s. And when I exercise, it's hard to get up past 100. Yeah. And that's and that's part of his issue is that because he was describing that he was quite fit. Yeah. And that slow resting heart rate is why he's seeing his Mobitz one. And so if we can keep his rate up a little higher, but that just requires more physical activity. But I'm not sure how we do that. A guy who's already. Well, I'm glad I had a good cardiologist. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. glad I had a good cardiologist to look yeah, back sure. at my former EKG because they may have put me on warfarin and I for the rest yeah. of my life, and I really right. don't yeah, want to do that. No, and you right. don't need it. You yeah. really don't need it. Uh, you know, the the yeah. treatment for this is if it gets to the point that you're dropping out too many ventricular beats and your rate drops down into the 30s, and you're getting lightheaded and dizzy. Uh, or falling down, heaven forbid, then you you need a pacemaker, and that's you know that's the real answer. Right. Uh, and with you, you can actually get a a pacemaker that has both a a sequential pacemaker that makes the atria fire first and then the ventricles, and it keeps your your exercise tolerance up. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot you have to do about this, quite frankly. Uh, you know, well, general... I'm going hiking today, and I try to hike every and stay active every day and exercise so i'll just keep on doing what i'm doing just keep on keeping on my friend i think uh, you know you you dodged the bullet you didn't get put on a drug you didn't need and that's important yes. <laughs> so thanks a lot for your call yeah. but thank you sir yeah thank you for taking uh, my call uh, you're welcome yeah, good Bye-bye, luck sir. and we have to go to a break right now we're overdue on it but let's uh hold bob in the waiting room Talk to Bob and Snohomish when we come back with more of Leading Edge Medicine uh, right around the corner. 1-800-465-8770, the number to call. Let's take that break now, Andrea, and we'll be right back. Leading Edge Medicine. Join in the conversation at 1-800-465-8770 and tell your friends to listen. That's 1-800-465-8770. No matter your age, if you are looking to decrease your dependence on glasses at both distance and near, I suggest you go with experience. Pete Talbot here again for Dr. Michael Gilbert at Northwest Vision Institute in Bellevue and Kirkland. He's not just my ophthalmologist and my wife's, my son's, my friend's, and all my neighbor's, but he was just recently voted Best LASIK in 425 Magazine and has been voted Best Doc in Seattle Magazine many, many times. So whether it's LASIK or RLE or advanced cataract surgery, Northwest Vision Institute will find the best option for you. 
So if you're over 40 or 50 and haven't had an eye exam for a year or more, here's something you simply won't get anywhere else, an advanced ocular exam. Not that simple eye exam everyone else does. So to schedule your advanced ocular exam, go online at nwvision.com or call 425-450-2020. 425-450-2020. My husband and I have been listening. I wanted to tell you, you guys are absolutely delightful. The three of you make this perfect gem. We are planning to become patients very soon, and we love the information that Dr. Mixon conveys. It can't be found anywhere else. Come with me, my love, to the sea, the sea of Great, another Christmas song bringing us back here. We're going to just say Merry Christmas, everybody, and a Happy New Year to you. And I want to remind you before we run out of time on the show today that next week and the week after are Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. And, and uh, the longevity people, uh, Dr. Mixon, Dr. Umat, will not be here. They're going to be with their families. And uh, and so it's a recorded show. So this is your last chance to get your questions answered. So don't, don't pass it up. Give us a call. Although we do have pre-recorded um uh, interviews we did with Santa yep. and Mrs. Claus. Yep. I've always figured Mrs. Claus got short shrift, you know, and uh, <laughs> here Santa was running off all around the world and hanging out with those elves. Yeah. So we needed to get, you know, Mrs. Claus's uh, input for this. And so we, we've interviewed them both, and you'll get to hear them in the next couple of weeks. That's right. So, <laughs> right, right now, uh, <laughs> lines are open for your call at 1-800-465-8770. Bob and Snohomish is up, and so let's go there. And I've got a question for pretty much everybody in the room except me. <laughs> Hi, Bob. Hello, Bob. How can we help? Hello. Um, uh, I'd like to wish you a Merry Christmas and a profitable New Year. Well, thank you, sir. And the way I see the economy coming up this year, it's going to be a little tough to stay profitable, but we'll work on it. So, so I, I, I hope everybody has a profitable new year. So, I, as full disclosure, I'm one of Dr. Nelson's patients, okay? And okay. I've had uh, three joints done on uh, stem cells. And uh, but my question actually is: Can you enhance the the repair of the stem cells? Uh, by becoming a longevity patient and getting uh, hormone replacement because you've <laughs> either you or Dr. Umat has talked about. No, this is a real question. No, it is yeah, a real it question. It is a, a real and a question. very important question. And yeah. In fact, I'm, I'm going to okay, refer so, this for Because you've, you've talked about uh, testosterone as the healing hormone, and yeah. that's why mm-hmm. men heal. It. And so the, the, my question was this thought on enhancing the things that our Dr. Nelson is doing for me. Sure. My name well, is Bob McCon. In case Dr. Nelson wants to know who it is, I recognize you, Bob. We appreciate the call. I knew instantly <laughs> who it was. Right. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to get Dr. Nelson's input on this a bit too, because I know that he sees a fair number of people for <laughs> longevity. Absolutely. Because we refer we refer to him pretty regularly. Okay, let me comment on the healing though, just for fun. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, there's things we can do at Longevity to enhance healing significantly. But I I want to put a little bit of spin on that testosterone as a healing hormone. Testosterone heals the deep tissues pretty well. Uh, Testosterone will will cause the, the 
uh, osteoblast, the cells that make bone, to go into high gear. So it, testosterone will help you make bone faster and help prevent you from getting uh, osteoporosis. It also helps with muscle, ligament, and tendon healing. On the other hand, it actually makes scars, surface skin healing, worse. Okay, which is why men make bigger, uglier scars than women. It's the it's the high testosterone. Estrogen makes skin heal beautifully. And in fact, when I've got a patient, and of course I don't see people myself anymore, so I hope that many of the doctors that that are in the clinic now are doing this too. We got somebody who's going for surgery and we want to give them a pretty scar, we give them a dilute estrogen cream to put on the wound. So that when they sew up, as soon as it is sealed and we're not worried about contaminating an open wound, we apply a little estrogen to it a couple times a day, and it makes the skin heal beautifully. So estrogen for skin, testosterone for deeper tissues. Can I also add something uh, with uh, scar and general recovery from scars itself? Mm-hmm. We've just come back from an aesthetic conference and they did uh, same patient side by side, no treatment on half of the side and treatment with our temperature machine on mm-hmm. the other side. And the scar recovery was remarkable. And in this scenario too, the healings, uh, the treatment started as soon as the surgeon said the wound is clear Mm -hmm. and they started doing temperature treatments on the scar itself Mm -hmm. and the scar recovery was amazing well the other one as long as you're going to talk about bella medica also all the ladies out there with those stretch marks and wrinkles and crinkles on your tummy from childbearing uh Dr. Umat and the team can make all that go away for you, too. Yes. Give you a nice, flat, pretty-looking tummy just for cosmesis. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of other things that do to, to enhance healing. Um, as people age, the senescent cells load that builds up in our system inhibits uh, healing and repair. You know, what's supposed to happen to us as as we live is every tissue in your body has a specific lifespan that is supposed to live. Skin survives two to three weeks, and then it's supposed to turn over. So each skin cell has a discrete lifespan, depending on where it is on your body. Different areas of the skin have different lifespans. Um, Muscle is supposed to live three to four months. Bone will turn over very slowly, but you replace about 10% of your bone every year. So over 10 years, you get a whole new skeleton. Okay. Uh, heart, gut, every tissue has its own turnover rate. When those cells get to the end of their lifespan, they're supposed to die, be phagocytized, broken up, and replaced with a new cell. A small percentage of cells, when they get to that end of the lifespan, don't do that. They become what we call senescent or senile cells. They change their morphology, and instead of dying, they start kicking out anti-growth chemicals into their environment and actually inhibit all the cells around them from healing and repairing. And so <clears throat> the senescent cell therapy is part of the reason that over older people don't heal well. Young people will clear those senescent cells in about a day to a day and a half, Older people will let them stick around two to three weeks. And older people are making senescent cells faster and they're building up over a much longer period of time. And that's why as you age, you reach some point at which you just can't heal. 
and you just start sliding downhill. And these are the people who die of old age in the nursing home. But we all see that at some point in our lives, that our healing starts slowing. And part of that problem is the buildup of senescence in our system. So one of the things we do at Longevity is to use medications that lower that senescent cell load. And by decreasing the number of senescent cells in our system, we allow our healthy cells to heal and grow and repair more efficiently. We also do our uh, five-day, five-fast-mimicking uh, protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, and starting that just before you have any treatment actually helps enhance and get you better results. Mm-hmm. So whether it is senescent cell therapy or whether it is stem cell therapy, whether it is surgical procedure or anything else, your outcome from those procedures will be better if you do the fast mimicking program for five days before any such treatment. Right. And then for the people like me that want to do absolutely everything that can be done, mm-hmm. <laughs> then we've got the intravenous exosome therapies mm-hmm. and the thing that I am currently trialing, mm-hmm. the rapamycin. Yes. So, uh, yeah, there's a whole lot of stuff that can be done that is done at longevity that's not normally done at other clinics. Mm-hmm. So, Bob... You there? So the, the, back to the question. Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah. I, was, I was wondering if you hide. You, you know, what do you What do you need to know next? No, it's the same question. Does mm-hmm. Does is there if I'm doing stem cells uh-huh. to come to longevity? Does it enhance the healing? Because I have yes. thinning cartilage. I have shoulder impingement syndrome. I have bursitis. Let's put it this way: When I worked for the Forest Service, a 250 pound pack might have abused me. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. it certainly would. Yeah. Do you want me to oh, go from this? Yeah. Sure. yeah, Bob, the answer is a, a very strong yes. The The longevity oh, okay. program will make uh, fertile soil, for lack of a, you know, most people can relate to that. So when I see a patient come in for the first time, they're asking me about stem cell, and they're already in the longevity system, it's like, oh, this is great. This is going to be a nice, this will be really relatively straightforward visit because this patient's already been primed up, so to speak, teed up for a good outcome. On the other hand, I get another patient who comes in, and I can just tell by looking at them that they're not on the longevity program, and I start talking about an anti-inflammatory diet, and I get a look like, what the heck are you talking about? That's a longer visit, and that's like, okay, that's... I have to go into why you have to address some of these things because the outcome is not going to be as good, Mm -hmm. frankly. So the short answer, Bob, is absolutely uh, patients, longevity patients, do better. Uh, There's no question in my mind. Um, Maybe there's some selection process. These are generally... Smarter people, people concerned about their health. That's true. Um, so there is some selection bias probably built into that, but I believe firmly that these patients are, are primed for a, a, a better outcome when they get their stem cell injections. Yeah, you know, the, the whole goal with us, and I have said it over and over, we want to make you stronger, faster, leaner, smarter, sexier. And doing that means we're making your body function better than it normally would. You know, I don't want you to be normal. I want you to be optimal. I want to have your body functioning the best it's humanly possible for it to function. And that means we do things that other clinics don't do because we don't accept normal as our goal. 
Right. In our case, we frankly don't have time to do what you guys. So I'd sure. rather just say, hey, look, go to longevity. So I, just get a, at least get a free health analysis and, you know, at least start <clears throat> that process of seeing, um, you know, are these things, you know, metabolic concerns. I mean, a lot of these patients do? have metabolic syndrome kind of. Brewing behind the scenes, and that's that's a big detriment to what we're trying to do. True. Okay, Bob. I hope that answered your question. We are way over on our break, so we need to. Well, hang on one second, though. We'll take a break, and and I'm very satisfied with Dr. Nelson and his recommendation to come to longevity is very positive. If if you have any more, I can hold you over. So, well, I tell you, one of the the great the greatest recommendation is. Dan is one of our patients. Absolutely. And I am one of his patients. <laughs> so, <laughs> a mutual endorsement right there. And I'm Sorry. one of both of your patients. <laughs> all right. Okay. Thanks Thank a you. lot, Bob. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot for your call. You. Merry Thank Christmas, you, Bob. Bye-bye. Thanks for calling. Thank you so much. Yeah, Andrea, we're going to take that break right now really quickly. And hopefully one of you guys will call in and finish up the program and finish up the year and be our last caller at 1-800-465-8770, 1-800-465-8770. We shall return in one minute. If you or someone you love is struggling with memory issues, find out about Longevity Memory. Call Longevity right now to schedule your memory consultation evaluation. 425-654-0258. That's 425-654-0258. Longevity Medical Clinic is happy to announce that Longevity Development, the business and marketing arm of Longevity Medical Clinic, has entered a strategic management relationship with Paramount Pharmacy. As a medical clinic, we cannot tell anyone where they have to go to fill their compounded prescriptions. We can only make suggestions. But for the last two years, we have referred our patients to Paramount Pharmacy for three key reasons. Excellent quality control excellent pricing, and excellent customer service. And now, due to our new management oversight and relationship, Longevity Development and Paramount are actually working together to better serve our patients. A team approach to better health care. It truly can make a difference. And now, to celebrate and to convince you that we truly feel we can better serve your health needs while saving you money, Paramount has agreed to make an offer to all new patients willing to give Paramount a try. On your first prescription only, Paramount is offering you a 90-day supply for their 30-day cost. That's right, a 90-day prescription for the 30-day cost. All you need to do is call Paramount at 425-251-1660. It's as simple as that. Call 425-251-1660. Ten years ago, at that time, I noticed that my cholesterol had spiked, and plus I was um, going through menopause at the time, and there were just lots of changes going on. And once I got on hormones and and got straightened out, I just saw a total change in everything. I mean, I saw results like within two weeks. It was truly a miracle. And so, um, you know, I'm hooked. Don't you dare hang up. Merry Christmas, everyone. 
Yeah. Happy New Year. We're going to do both of those right now, but we will pick that up in a couple of recorded shows to finish off the year on uh, on the December 24th, Christmas Eve, and, uh, and, De- and uh, December 31st, which is New Year's Eve. And uh, I'm going to be all nestled, all snug in my little bug on Christmas <laughs> Eve. I won't be out celebrating and drinking and driving. So, and uh, hopefully the rest of you will be taking care of yourself and be with your family. So, anyway, uh, we are absent for a phone call. What? So, no phone call? Well, but we have five <laughs> minutes, and I'm sure that you guys can find something to talk about for five minutes that will be positive and uplifting for the new year. Dr. Nelson, of all of the stem cell surgeries that you do, which one is the most gratifying and gets your patients the best results? Oh, that's a great question. You know, uh, I'll tell you just off the top of the head, the shoulder patients are the ones that seem to do the best. Mm-hmm. And that's just, you know, something I, when I started doing this nine years ago, I wasn't really expecting, but mm-hmm. uh, the shoulder patients are the ones that are seem to respond and as you know yeah shoulder re- shoulder replacement surgery is that's a big deal it's hard so. on the patients so you, they can write off a year for for the rest of you know that whole year you'll notice the doctor yeah. as far Wilson as individuals wincing. as far as individual anecdotes i have i had a patient a retired nurse who um, she had really bad hip mm-hmm. really bad hip arthritis uh, came to me. None of the orthopedic docs would touch her because she had uh, some serious medical problems, including uh, some heart problems. Okay. And she says, I want stem cell. And I was like, I wasn't super excited either because I knew of her problems. I'd seen her x-ray, and I'm like, oh, my. But, you know, she was persistent, and we ended up doing stem cell for her hip, and she was wheelchair-bound. Okay. Um, I was like, oh, my. You know, mm. Um you know that's that was that was one in which I was like, "Ooh, I'm not sure of this," but we ended up doing the stem cell, and she came back six weeks later, very happy. She was off all opioids, mm. which was a big deal. She's a you know she was a former surgery nurse, and she just didn't want to be on opioids. So that was a big win. So that's the one that kind of sticks out of my mind, where I'm like, you know, probably wouldn't recommend. In normal cases, but it works. But yeah, in that case, it was kind of a little bit of a compassion decision where I said, you know, okay, she's got no other options. Well, yeah, and it she, can't hurt. Yeah. How about the Might treatment help. on me that most most uh, surgeons don't don't even talk about? And when I was told that I had a crushed vertebrae. Right. Yes. And you, you called me up and and I, and and I was I was frightened. I had to go on a trip. Uh, and and you said I can fix that, just like that. <laughs> yes. And he made he made room for me in the schedule on a Monday. This was a Friday, but a Monday, and I was forty five minutes later. I walked out of there with no pain. So he had a kyphoplasty for compression fracture, mm. and uh, we try to get the word out that this is a a great procedure. Outpatient, you know, takes me you know twenty minutes to do this. Yeah, um, and uh, Medicare has done about face. You know, used they used to say, well, conservative treatment. You know, yeah. go all the nine yards with, uh, you know. Bed rest, braces, pills, and those people end up having a higher mortality rate sure. than 
people with hip fractures. Yeah. You put and old people to bed, they die. They, they yeah. just don't yeah. do well. Yeah. And yeah. so finally, Medicare got some sense in them, and a couple of years ago, they said, oh, we need to treat these people much more aggressively, including doing the kyphoplasty, where we put bone cement in there, stabilize that fracture. These people do amazing. I've had little old ladies virtually come off the procedure table and give me a hug mm. because their pain was almost gone instantaneously. Now, some take a few days, but yeah. it's such a it's one of the more gratifying procedures that I do. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, in your case, Jerry, I think that turned out to be... I, the reason I brought it up is because exactly what you just said, one of the more gratifying procedures I do, a little known. And I appreciate you bringing that because the word... I try to get the word out to all my... My fellow doctors, including my own clinic, yeah. and certainly the ger- gerontology clinics out there, I, I try to keep yeah. in touch with them and so, tell them, look, if this happens, you need yeah. to get this treated right away. We need to we talk about a, this because this is a compression but, fracture with osteopenia yeah. and osteoporosis. But the next show, because we're out of time, yeah. we have, yep. what, 30 seconds or something we left do? in the show. Yep. And time enough for me. Shut to, us off. <laughs> for On behalf of the doctors in the room today, uh, Merry Christmas to all of you and a Happy New Year. This is Leading Edge Medicine. We have a couple of recorded shows to finish off the year. Please take advantage of listening to those. If you have some time, we'd love to have you do that. And uh, in the meantime, we'll see you next year with more of Leading Edge Medicine uh, right here on AM 770 KTTH.